Hello, it is time to chat with me, Kamea, and me, Rose. On this show, we have courageous conversations that illuminate shared experiences related to food and gender. We are here to help folks digest their relationship to food. In today's episode, we chat about food waste. Did you know that food waste in the landfill is a big source of methane gas? Wait, like cow farts? Yeah. How do we even begin to approach reducing our food waste at home? How are you, Kamea? (laughs) How's your week? Uh, It's been a good week. We're at the midway point in the week, I feel like. It's been a hot week. It's been very steamy hot over here. It's been hot as hell. You know, in the Pacific Northwest, we don't have no air conditioning and i gotta tell you picking food in a greenhouse that's rocking well over it. like it might be 90 outside but when i have to pick your cucumbers your tomatoes and your pole beans from inside that greenhouse and i'm in there for about three hours picking enough for market it's a lot of sweat i had like i had at by the end of it on friday i had i was just about at the time where i was like i need to take a time out because i was starting to get the like well you don't sauna but there's like a level of sauna sweat that you get where you get like a little bit of a mind high. Yeah, it's like a, almost like a head rush. Like. Yeah, and I was definitely there. I was it's, well beyond it's that. It's what I imagine like the hardcore hot yoga to kind of feel like. Yeah, fuck that. Which Just go pick beans. I just don't feel... <laughs> I don't, it's not for everyone. I understand. I'm a, I'm a very specific type of girl. It's not nearly as spiritual, but... You gotta be one with the earth. <laughs> yeah, I... I got the privilege of working on your farm for an afternoon with you. Oh my God, that was so fun. And also, didn't I kick ass? You did kick ass. It was really cool. Not to toot my own horn, but but I love picking food around boys that come in as hot shots. So for context, it was garlic day. My farm had about an acre, a little less than, of garlic that had to come out of the ground. And um, there's a short window in which you're done with scapes then the garlic's done and it all has to be pulled and set to cure um for storage so that we have it into the winter months how many pounds would you say that was how many pounds sure i had no idea because that was the one like thing when i got home i was like wow i really wish i just took a picture of the greenhouse after it all got stacked in the greenhouse because the the visual amount of it was so it's beautiful yeah it was a lot of fun. I thoroughly enjoyed myself and that wasn't even an extremely hot day and I still sweat my balls off. My <laughs> ovaries off. Your hypothetical, your phantom balls. My they phantom balls. right off your body. They're just gone. They <laughs> wilted right away like little droplets. We got to do this as a, as a regular <laughs> maintenance occasionally, just wither them off. Oh my God. That's gross and also <laughs> hilarious. But yeah. um, but poundage wise, it's a very interesting question for me because my relationship to garlic is so seasonal and what we hauled in is so much heavier than like if oh, you were to, yeah. t- because it loses a lot of water weight during the curing process. That's and even true. as it dries, like the fresh stuff that we pulled was heavy. If you pull like one of those cloves, it's going to be really stinky mm-hmm. um but it's going to start to lose water weight in the curing for That's you to i have no way of my brain being like it's x amount of pounds yeah now that you're answering it 
with that context that does make sense it's it makes me think back on my boss could probably give you much better i know i should have asked her (laughs) but um it makes me think like back in the olden days the olden days the olden days the wee old days like i mean obviously we as humans started drying our garlic to preserve it throughout the year right i don't know like who was the person that was like hey what if what if we just like let this sit out here and do its thing that's pretty fascinating well do you know what episode i think would be really fun to do what an episode on food waste like right now like right now uh, i mean that is what we decided we're gonna <laughs> do let's that do is it. the theme for today which i'm super excited about because i do think it's really important especially with inflation and everything super expensive how can you make your food last longer how can you make it go farther in your recipes so yeah i think it can also be a really powerful way to um manage personal climate anxiety yeah where you feel like you're doing something um in a very meaningful impactful way um that is tangible um and i do think um well my perspective is because I work with people in their kitchens a lot and help them process their emotions in their kitchen and that connection to their food. And I think that when we put on that lens of reducing our food waste, there is the ability for you to directly feel like you're at least doing something for climate change, um, can help you feel more empowered and more hopeful. And I think that hope is in pretty short supply. Agreed. Well, and just do me there. (laughs) It's hard not to these days, to be honest. But something that I've been trying to bring into my life a little bit more in this like doomsday feeling that we're all consumed by right now is humans are very much like a herd and we tend to copy each other and we tend to like pick things up from each other. So, like, if you or I or whoever we start doing these good practices, it's going to inspire other people around us totally to most likely be like oh my god I never thought about doing that like I really want to bring that into my life and I think again and like you get to be the a little silver lining yeah the little influencer <laughs> but yeah and that can be as simple as just bringing your own coffee mug to get coffee like, yeah just I mean that's a different a whole different type of waste but well the USDA's like general accepted statistic for like how much food we waste in the United States dun 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 <laughs> that was nice <laughs> um is between 30 and 40 percent and I think it's important to both like have a national indiv- level that's like a national like the United States wastes this much food annually or just like generally about 30 to 40 percent I don't know the extent to what that covers because when you start to get into food systems you can start to just like fall into the rabbit hole of like okay this there's just so many factors because we've industrialized our food system and on a individual level ledger we make like all these tiny decisions that like sort of make sense but then on a global level it doesn't really make sense but because we prioritize people's individual well businesses individual ledgers um their expenses and what makes sense cost wise you end up with well bottlenecks in it and a lot of food getting thrown away like it it 
is cheaper for the grocery store to throw away food that's in this like best used by state and actually I did a whole school project where I went on a dumpster diving track and I made a whole meal for my classroom out of things that I was able to dumpster dive my mother was terrified I was gonna like run into like a needle or something but I really just like wanted to go experience this and it's disgusting it's disgusting um more so from like the grocery stores is like wild how much food gets thrown away well and a a lot of the grocery stores they won't even let employees take it home yes and a lot of dumpsters now get locked up yeah and you can like get in trouble for it because it's not safe but i mean there's a lot that is still super safe and still good and it gets thrown away for like weird reasons like the box around the package of food that's in a plastic bag got a little bit dented or torn yeah but there's a lot of breaks in that chain pre-grocery store too where when you're reaching the bottleneck of you have a massive farmer that needs to get produce onto a train but the scheduling of the track is weird and like filled up with like oil train then and you can't get the food in at the right time then it all just like rots yeah. or like the piles and piles of livestock that were just mass murdered and not made into food at the beginning of the pandemic because the processing facilities were shutting down. I forgot about that. Oh like my it's God. insane. But like yeah. that 30 to 40% doesn't reflect that like pandemic. Oh shit. Right. Food waste is huge. It's pre-consumer. Huge. But also as consumers. I was going to say, and that's not even touching into like each individual household. Yeah. And can you believe that we have so many people that are hungry? Well, that's what I was about to say is it it just, it kind of makes your stomach turn when you think of how many people go to bed at night hungry, how large the houseless population is, not just like in our town, but like our state, our country. It's, it's disgusting. Even cattle. Like, can we feed some of that shit to like the pigs? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Yes. I know our local food bank was doing um, a bin that a pig farmer would come pick up. Cool. Like, That's cool. Like pallet bins. Um, but there was one time that someone's box knife fell into <gasps> the bin. Oh, that poor little pig. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, it's, well, I guess I'm just saying that, like, it's just slice and it's, dice but then that, the, it, that one place can have a bad experience and then discard the whole idea. Mm-hmm. Right. No, that's true. I mean, it's in a weird way, like, I hope this is kind of along the same lines and this makes sense to you. But listening to you talk about like the grocery store and how food gets thrown out for such like just silly reasons, the amount of times I've had orders come into the restaurant and I'm like, oh my gosh, this like case of milk got punctured. The milk is probably fine, but the fact that it's like leaking, I don't really know how it got punctured. I don't know what kind of bacteria got introduced. Well, and in that professional setting where you're feeding I literally people, can't. you have a certain liability that you have exactly. to be aware and of. Exactly, and even if I was like, oh, give this to the staff, that also puts the restaurant in a liability situation because I have like, I have a really great staff, but like at the same time, you never know what could happen. Like, Yeah, I mean, that fear of liability is huge. Totally. More, more than if it would like actually like make multiple sense. jobs at risk right there. The way my brain, I noticed like, it kept kind of processing it. Like I was glitching into this state of like my child self where it's so bad if like that milk is punctured because what if somebody punctured it and like poisoned it? And my mind went back to like September 11th and like anthrax and like Halloween with like razor blades and like the Laffy Taffy. And I'm like, 
oh my gosh our childhood runs deep that's literally my brain keeps like glitching into like no somebody purposely like poked this and like put some fucked up shit in it (laughs) weird yeah that's a weird little quiet voice in your head that is probably shared and so i'm sure there's at least there's at least one listener who's hearing this and it's like oh my god i do that too i know but in reality it's just probably the dolly off the truck squished it and it literally popped like you know along the lines of like liability i don't know if you remember um the big texas blackout during our last heat wave oh, of course i do and the images of the there's a little bit of anarchy where people wanted to get the perishable food from grocery stores that was just being thrown away and there are images of like people in authority barring people away from piles of food that hadn't spoiled yet but because the refrigeration went out and because of insurance they were just like nope nobody can have this and we are going to throw it all away and there were intense standoffs where people were like this food isn't bad yet it hasn't spoiled and that's one of those things I think when we talk about food waste in our own home under developing a relationship to how your ingredients are and what is real spoilage because I think that's a that's a big fear in our brains of like eating something bad or like giving your child something that's gone bad you don't want to do that like there's enough that because you don't know you don't know the line of like what what happened to it you don't there's no way to know Unless it happened in your own home. But like, oh, that's so devastating. Oh, it makes me so angry. It makes me angry and it motivates a lot of like this work. It does. Why I engage in food policy making at home. But in talking to you about food waste and managing food waste at home, Mm -hmm. I guess there was that one really weird study. Should I share that? Sure, share it. It was kind of a Swiss cheese article where not only was it pretty problematic, but there was also just a, a lot of Swiss factors. Cheese article. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of factors that I felt like that weren't factored in. Okay. Well, I'll share. So when... We do not endorse this article. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting because it's a really difficult thing to study. Whereas like on a food system level, we can look at tax reports. We can see like what right. losses farms are reporting. We can... And like grocery stores. Um, but we can't necessarily do the same like I don't report the loss of what I threw away in food on my taxes right oh my god wouldn't that be amazing wow what a thought (laughs) because I'm not for president I'd vote for you (laughs) but looking at food waste on an individual level it's complicated and I did find an article that was talking about um an attempt to research that and um, it states the same like 30 to 40 percent of U.S. food supply. So like that supply chain goes uneaten and they estimate 160 billion dollars in lost revenue because of wow. that. Um, really hard to wrap my brain around like billions, but interesting. Um, so this was from Professor Edward Janaki and doctoral candidate Yang Yu from the Department of Agricultural Economics, Sociology, and Education at Pennsylvania State University. Um, what they did, well, they estimated 
um, that individual food waste cost the economy $240 billion annually, which is a lot, which is more significant than the $160 billion of like the food chain that was mentioned earlier in the article. Um, and at that number, they estimate that on an individual level, the average food waste in your home would cost you like $1,800 a year, which, um, but the way they calculated this is super weird. So they, this is where it's problematic. (laughs) Everything was interesting up until here. So they gathered the data from 4,000 households that took part in the U.S. Department of Agriculture's National Household Food Acquisition and Purchase Survey. Each individual's height, weight, age, and gender were used to determine the metabolic energy requirements needed to sustain their body weight. Who are you to tell me how much I eat? So just based on the data from this USDA survey, they weren't surveying individual homes. They weren't having people weigh in. It was just... Which makes here's so much more sense. USDA survey where people were talking about, here's what I purchased and here's my demographic information and like here's like information about like my body. So they took... They say gender, but they mean sex in this, right? Mm-hmm. To determine how much food you would likely be metabolizing based on your weight in order to maintain that so depending on how fat you are and if you're a girl or a boy they estimate how much food you should be eating how many calories you should be eating and then they compare that number not about like your occupation your hobbies nope your lifestyle nope your genetics nope and then they took whatever people reported as their like food purchases like what they purchased and they compared the two and whatever the difference was whatever was left over that was their estimated food waste of this is how much food you buy this is how much you weigh you're either a girl or a boy and whatever's left over is the assumed food waste on that individual household not accounting for culinary mess ups i don't culinary casualties you know burning your food maybe i'm pmsing and i just need to eat a lot exactly now hormonal cycles totally play into that um your activities that day probably would play into that absolutely what if you dropped the whole rotisserie chicken on the floor it it, also rotisserie chicken super cheap depending on where you go like versus like where you go yeah Um, also a way to manage food waste when the chickens and the grocery store shelf start going bad they make them into rotisserie chickens because they need eaten right away and when the rotisserie chickens don't get eaten they, they get made salad. into chicken salad so the just, chicken salad has like gone through these phases that's what i think is funny like like you're buying i mean it's quality it's shit. quality but it's like people think oh it's gonna last forever well it's already been sitting on the shelf for a week yeah you need to eat it quick yeah but also it's a great way to manage waste Yes, it is. So I'm not against doing that. No. It's just I also for consumers don't need to know. Like for me, I usually don't have dinner till nine o'clock because I work <laughs> outside. And I don't understand why the grocery store rotisserie chickens get pulled as early as they do. Returning to this. <laughs> <laughs> the Swiss cheese article. Yes. Returning to the Swiss cheese article, more than two thirds, they estimate more than two thirds of households in our study have food waste estimates 
of between 20% and 50%, which is a big difference. Remember earlier they were like on average like 30%, but it seems like it really depends. Um, However, even the least wasteful household wastes about 8.7% of the food it acquires. I would agree with I think one of the big reasons why I have like food waste management so drilled into me is because I do come from a childhood that had some Mm -hmm. form of food insecurity and you know we used as much as we could all the time and so so many of those tiny habits are just like drilled into my brain and I'm sure the same is true for you with like the restaurant. I think sometimes people don't necessarily realize how much of a focus your waste is when you're going to school for culinary um as well as restaurants i think as a consumer i'm more often given the information of like how wasteful restaurants are when i think in being in relationship and in community with you grocery stores are way bigger problem i think way bigger problem the restaurant doesn't control okay i just served you a dinner i can't control how much you're gonna eat of that and if you're gonna take it home or not right right in culinary school one thing I thought was crazy and I would tell people and they'd be like what the fuck during every single practical exam that we would have each station we had our garbage bucket and then our like we called it a bio bucket it's like the compost bucket in the middle of our practical as well as after it would get weighed and sorted through (gasps) and that was part of our grade yeah isn't that crazy that's wild yeah so they would definitely like not only were the instructors physically in your space like looking over your shoulder watching what you're doing and like being very physically like with you they would literally sometimes I would be like doing my work and I turn around and my chef would be going through my bucket and pulling up my onion butts pulling up my carrot peelings like how thick is my peeling how like much onion did I leave on the root and then they would all get weighed Wow, that's very anxiety-inducing Very me. much. But they did that for <laughs> that exact reason, getting it so ingrained in you that when you go out into the world, it is this, like, nervous system of, I don't I don't want to fuck up. That experience made me kind of realize how much we do waste just in our own homes of, like, mimbly-pimbly, just, like, chopping off. Mimbly-pimbly? I don't think I've <laughs> ever heard you say that. Who are you? <laughs> Does your mother say that? Is that like a sign no. of aging? My partner oh, says dear. that. It's just mimbly <laughs> No, my boyfriend says it all the time. Nathan? Like, yes. <laughs> he, he says it all the time. And yeah, I don't, I've picked it up over the years. I guess oh I've God. never said it on here before. Um, I've definitely like said it in my life quite a bit. Anyway, yes, mimbly pimbly. I think it's adorable. And it really just like speaks into like the feeling like you're just <laughs> mimbly pimbly, just not even caring. I'm just going to water my pansies <laughs> real fast. <laughs> oh my God. You want a spot of tea while we're at it? Um, <laughs> but yes, it makes you kind of look at when you're chopping vegetables and even like, I hope it doesn't come across like I'm being judge- judgmental on like tiktok cooking videos or like just videos that come out about how to cook and um whoever's teaching is like cutting the vegetables i'm like oh my god that's so much onion you left on there like holy shit i would probably get made fun of in my job if i cut that and somebody saw me cut and leaving so much waste there um side note on that the quality and the sharpness of your knife makes a huge huge difference difference. in your ability to do that just the night having knife skills in general is so huge with just 
having intentionality but in like prep. moving into like more of those like practical tips I think yeah. that focusing on your knife skills or the quality of your knives is a very tangible takeaway even there are certain things for example I recently quick pickled a bunch of really sweet local tiny tiny carrots like pinky finger size I would have hated to pick those carrots I know but they're so precious and so beautiful but I left the carrot tops on because this isn't I'm not canning it I'm not really worried about it too much in the pickle yeah did they turn slimy no I mean I just literally left like the tiniest little like buzz okay Okay. these are little military carrots little tiny military carrots and that's a great description (laughs) so I did that and also I'm going to eat them quick enough they're not going to sit in there for too long I made like a little snack board for some friends and I put it all out there and for me like I just ate the whole thing like the top and everything because it's pickled it tastes good yeah you can totally eat carrot tops they're 100% edible we'll get into that later (laughs) but it was funny to see how many people would like just like take a bite and leave so much of even just the edible carrot and just like discard it yeah, they don't know what to do with and I'm it. I'm like, you can eat that. That's yeah. totally okay. Yeah. I mean, it's same with strawberry tops. The tops yes. themselves have tons of vitamin C. Yeah. Um, and, you know, okay, before we get too far down the rabbit hole of like, who's <laughs> this? Who's this? Who's this? Um, I want to zoom out a little bit. So starting with tier one, thinking about um, just general organization and fridge organization I feel like this is a big one for you in the restaurant my understanding anyway from my food handling experiment is there's a Mm. whole like FIFO uh date and rotate system the way you want to organize your fridge um I'm not good at this in my personal life but at my job I'm pretty anal about it um you want to keep all of your ingredients like rotated so the oldest is always in the front that's the first thing you're going to grab first thing you're going to use because if you obviously like that's the first thing that's going to go bad right so you want to like use that up first um dating everything is huge even in the smallest container but i mean you're working usually in the fridge within like a oh my god like a two to three week window um at my home i just i will write right on my containers (laughs) With a sharpie. That's intense. I know. I would never do that. My um, Virgo husband told me. <laughs> yeah, I just got right on the container. But um, always when you're putting away new products, you just rotate it and put all the new stuff behind, keeping the older stuff forward. Otherwise, you're dealing with things are going to mold, go bad. And there's nothing that makes your soul crush more as a chef than having to throw out a product that you didn't, you wouldn't, you shouldn't have to throw out. Well, and going, like, thinking that about that same thing in the home kitchen, I'm thinking about how even that basic date and rotate, like, just, even if you're not dating it, but the practice of you bring home groceries, it goes in the back and the front one comes in. I mean, in my home. It, Your home is intense. Alex is very intense about the fridge to the point of it. It's like, it's a point of contention in our relationship because I do sometimes bring home like a ton of food and I have a small fridge, but I love feeding people. He doesn't always know all of the cooking projects in my brain are like somebody's dog died or I'm on this meal train over here or like somebody's coming over. They're going to need a snack. (laughs) Totally. Usually it's you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you got like good cheese. Is Jesse coming over? Duh. Hello. Um, But he 
goes through phases of being really intense about it like sometimes he's like the right crisper is the older vegetables and the left crisper is the new ones you brought in and I'm like it's farm season and I brought home two like grocery bags of vegetables and I'll be like distributing this to neighbors this week that in my fridge like my fridge is usually full enough to where I can't I don't get to pick and choose where I put things it's kind of wherever things fit we do have like a date and rotate system in the fridge where if it's on the top shelf it's kind of a use first section and then the middle ones like the oh we just made it and then the bottom's like all my random like pickled things. It's hard for me to wrap my brain around my home kitchen it's hard to wrap my brain around. I will say that the top shelf or like a space in your fridge that it is a shared the household understands this is a use first section is extremely helpful not just for like me but also like in my clients because like when you're fishing around and you like open something and you're like "Mm, this probably has like two days left instead of closing it and putting it back where you found it (laughs) put it on that like top shelf situation or whatever that section is it's a lot of rules see I think of it more and I'm guidelines of an Aquarian oh i break his rules all the time oh i'm sure i'm sure you do it'll they're like rough zones for me (laughs) (laughs) and it drives me nuts (laughs) yeah it's just it's funny because also like i'm super pro it's really hard for me in my personality and who i am to follow that if i were to implement that in my life one thing that keeps coming to my brain is like eating for like fuel and eating for pleasure and I'm very much an eating for pleasure. So if I want a snack, I want a very specific snack or a specific flavored snack, whether that's a pickled thing or a creamy thing or a carb thing. I'm not going to be like, well, all I have is yogurt. <laughs> like I'm going to like, no, I'm going to eat my leftover taco, which is probably on the eat first shelf anyway. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just it. You don't have to live by it like a like a doctrine. Totally, like it can no. just be. I do think it's really helpful for people. I think um, just the organization for people who tend to maybe live a busy life and they can't keep track of what's in their fridge in their head. Like I feel like I can do that in my head. But you have so much practice doing that. But I also like literally do that for a living. Totally, so I'm in a very different example. Yeah. Well, fridge management is a big one just in terms of like baseline. Number one thing that most people could stand to improve on, including people that are pretty good about their food waste. I have a kitchen confession for you. You have a kitchen confession? It's along those lines. (laughs) (laughs) Today, when I was preparing for you to arrive. Mm, Thank you. I was going through my fridge and just kind of like, what do I have to offer you? (laughs) Because I don't have a lot. I have my fridge is fairly empty for how it normally is which it's probably like a normal person fridge right now but I'm kind of going through and I was like okay well if I want to do like a vegetable kind of snack tray like what kind of veggies do I have so I started going through and then I realized at that point I'm going to start organizing because there's like more room than I thought there was so I'm going to bring the veggies that are on the top shelf (laughs) into the crispers right but as I'm going through I pulled out some peppers that I had and then it it unveiled in my crisper under the pile of veggies. Oh no. I had bought rhubarb far long ago. Oh yeah, rhubarb's done. And it is fully rotten to a slosh. Like it's reincarnated at this point. And has leached through the bag. So now there is a liquid under that all of the produce on the bottom is now swimming in. Mm-hmm. So other bags that are have partially exposed vegetables are now sitting in rhubarb 
goo. Yeah. I was like, I will deal with that later. You just I closed put the it. veggies back on top and I closed the crisper and it is still in there as of now. And I will probably forget to deal with it for the next couple of days. But that is where I'm at. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> there. I'm not kidding you. It was like a half an inch worth of liquid. Is. Is. OK. Yeah. OK. But well, I'm also pissed off because I like w- that rhubarb is not cheap always like yeah because it's a short season and i was really excited to make a pie but then my brain is like you shouldn't eat pie because it's swimsuit season and yeah. i'm like you know what i mean so then yeah. i'm like which is all fucked up anyways blah, 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 blah. so i should have just made the goddamn pie is my lesson <laughs> <laughs> food waste tip number whatever we're on just make the pie oh, oh god man stop looking at magazines and just get the pie just get the pie don't buy the rhubarb <laughs> just get pie <laughs> either or uh, so, yeah, that's uh, my I'm, kitchen confession for you that's my waste my shameful waste oh, it's not shameful i felt shame just yeah. because i don't like wasting food well i think for me where i get that feeling of shame is because i have such an acute awareness of like food miles when i get um to the point of like having like a really shrivelly piece of ginger and i know how far it's traveled to get to me uh-huh or yeah. like if i've had an avocado go bad on me like i feel yeah. i'm like devastated respect it it's now to you you're the final destination like respect all the farmer the processor the driver the farm workers the farm workers so yeah i definitely that's like part of again like relationship to your food and developing that relationship to those ingredients which we're here for we are here for uh my kitchen confession to you about this topic is that uh i was far too old in life as in like well Definitely in pandemic times when I realized a crisper was a crisper because of its ability to control humidity, not like the vegetable drawers. Yeah, it was. It's not just a drawer so that you have a bucket of vegetables that they're designed to hold different moisture content. So another way of organizing your fridge, if you're not like date and rotate focus like Alex is, you change the some fridges. It's just like one for the two which is how mine is. Yeah. But for nicer fridges, you can control the humidity on your different crispers for like this one's for root vegetables and this one's for greens. That is so cool. I didn't know that. Okay. Well, I feel better about that. That feels less like a confession versus like a fun fact that we should be taught in adult school that we never went to. I was going to say, I had no idea because I bet you listeners are going to be like, oh, fuck. (laughs) shit i'm gonna move my yogurt now (laughs) (laughs) jumping back in you mentioned it earlier one of us did but just learning about your ingredients learning about how they interact in the fridge versus out of the fridge is also super fucking important i just realized i haven't said i haven't been saying fuck that much in our podcast sorry that was a side note (laughs) side note say fuck more often okay (laughs) i feel like i was for a hot minute no it hasn't been as much key takeaways mimbly mimbly less (laughs) more fucks given noted (laughs) oh god this is fucking hilarious i love doing this with you um but for example like (laughs) a really good example of this is tomatoes in the grocery store you typically find are very just flavorless textures are weird it's not the same as when you like grow your own or you buy locally because they're like different foods it's literally a different food you can't even put them on the same category and a big reason of that is 
it's refrigerated in order to get to us and they're picked less ripe you you're the farmer you can correct me if i'm wrong you're doing great cool thanks um gases are like and then they're like (laughs) i'm red and happy just like me (laughs) and then they're put in your grocery store and they're just not as good baby tomatoes come from (laughs) timmy they're just not as good when a mommy and daddy tomato love each other very much (laughs) another one is potatoes if you refrigerate potatoes, the flavor totally changes. The starches will convert into sugar. So then your potato will have a lot more of a sweet flavor. Can I add a note about tomatoes? Yeah. Um, it is great to leave them on your potato counter. Potato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can leave tomatoes just like on your counter until they're like, they're like ripe, ripe. Like if you hold them and it's like a little bit squishy you're probably just like in like a fruit fly situation but basically as soon as you refrigerate it you stop that fruit's ability to ripen at all but tomatoes are also sensitive to gases that some of your other fruits might be putting off oh so it's important to just put them on a separate spot on your counter not like if you keep a fruit basket don't just put them in the fruit basket with everything else just set it on the counter away from everything and it'll do its thing and if it's really underripe you put it on its little head booty up okay i've had to do the booty up thing mostly just because it was like crushing itself oh (laughs) and then the fruit flies are getting in and it's a problem but that's cool i didn't know that that's really cool so just food's weird food's weird uh another thing that i had realized this last week or i guess was reminded of um i was at a friend's house and she buys um csas Mm um which are local produce that can be delivered or you pick up and it's just kind of a seasonal box it's super fun really recommend it especially if you want to explore your local farmer community (laughs) (laughs) but um she was putting away all her produce right she asked me she was like how long do carrots even last and I was like what does that even mean like what are you talking about and essentially she was like well sometimes I just feel like I have carrots in my fridge for so long like is it even still good and I was like, mm-hmm. well, are they, like, slimy? Like, That's a great question. Yeah, I was kind of, like, and I was taken a little bit aback because knowing this person, like, she cooks a lot for her family. Um, she loves food. She does a lot of, a lot more creative projects than even, like, I do in my kitchen. And so this is not, like, a super novice person. This is somebody who, like, is actively engaged in her kitchen. And... So she kind of like took me back when she asked me that and I was like, well, what do you like, what do you mean? And she was like, well, sometimes they'll kind of like be wrinkly or be like limp. And I was like, well, just run them under cold water, put them in an ice bath. They crisp right back up and she's like, but they're fine to eat. Right. And I was like, totally. And it just kind of hit me that there is such a lack of education around when is something bad versus the quality is just gone a little downhill because there's so many things you can still do with that limp carrot don't hate on a limp carrot baby <laughs> it still gets the job done yeah yeah it's, it's <laughs> all in how you use it um but i love that your friend felt brave enough to ask you that question i think particularly because you are a chef and yeah. i think like sometimes it can be intimidating to like cook for you or ask food questions <laughs> because people um, particularly if you are already a cook like you want to feel like you know what you're talking about when it comes to food mm-hmm. um, and it's so hard for us to invite curiosity to our kitchens as adults yeah. and I think we really need to do more of that and ask more questions like we were a kid like wait I don't actually 
understand if this is, is bad no or not. there's no such thing as a dumb question. Like, going back to, um, so we're in tier two coming to that, like, relationship to your ingredients and asking questions about, like, how food spoils. Um, some really great resources for folks to think about are, um, and I can link some to the show notes, like, if you're interested in, like, food preservation world even just learning um about the process of home canning my very favorite reference book is called putting food by i recommend it to everyone i buy so many copies of it and give it away because the beginning of it explains how bacteria fungus and spoilage works in food and how to avoid it in home food preservation and that one's a great one too because there's a chapter on freezing freezing is a great way to just like if you have a relationship to understanding how your freezer works and what foods do okay in it you're more empowered to recognize I didn't get to the green beans in my CSA they're starting to get a little bit limp I'm gonna blanch them real fast and throw them in a freezer bag while I'm like do packing this lunch because it takes very little effort dude killing the kitchen game yeah yeah um are you ready to jump into tier three? Let's do it. Bring it on. Uh, tier three is when you get a little crazy, crazy and you just start using all of the little bits. That's and where you, you're like full nerd. This is like full nerd. You're using your onion butts. You're using the stems of your herbs. You're regrowing your green onions. You're like, I am a food waste royalty. <laughs> royalty. <laughs> Call me Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> Oh my god. Um that's awesome. No, I think um I feel like I got kind of this this way, this tier three during the pandemic, during the like the shutdown where I lost my job for a period of time. Not only was I a super nerd about wanting to use every single thing I had and not let anything go to waste because I was afraid of like our food systems basically failing me <laughs> was yeah. also we've talked about this before, but like going from working like 80 hours a week and having like zero free time and basically using my apartment for a place to sleep and shower that was it to being home 24 7 with my partner which was honestly like in a weird way a little bit of a blessing just due to like my life at that time it also brought this gift of major creativity and fun and like time to just play and learn and yeah I still have shit in my freezer from that era. Yeah. It would be good to take stock, take a little inventory. Oh, God. The freezer Um, is a monster. Stock is another great way to use up bits. Um, All of those onion butts. Stock is huge. You've encouraged me to even put, like, lemons in there sometimes. Yeah. Um, I think I used too many lemons to justify that. So I put the citrus in vinegars for either making shrubs or cleaners. Um, I love my lemon water big i'm a big lemon water big lemon water fan a big thing too is like oh my gosh i just have all of these like wilted really sad produce in my fridge like it can be anything from like broccoli beets onions you know all over the place one thing i like to do is i'll like cook it down and then i blend it into essentially like a really thick sauce that i can either like fold in pasta use as a pizza sauce um what are you hopeful that our listeners take away from today's episode I think I go back to developing a relationship with your food and I think that 
one of the biggest problems with our food waste problem is that we are so disconnected from our food source in the community that grows it for us. And my relationship to the food and my like wanting to not let it go to waste, that desire and the learning and the knowledge that I have been able to acquire in community comes from connecting with others in food community and developing a relationship to my food. Not on a diet culture basis, but on the individual ingredient basis. What I would say is try to not be afraid to take risks and enjoy the journey. It's a journey. Everything's going to be great. And I would like to end on that with a Julia Child quote. This is one of my favorites of hers. The only real stumbling block is fear of failure. In cooking, you have to have a what the hell attitude. And I feel like that is exactly what we need to have. I feel like we could write rewrite that exact quote, like, but sign it, Rose, <laughs> if you just change the what the hell to the what the fuck attitude. What the fuck. I agree. Happy one year. Oh my God. Happy one year. Look at us. We have a podcast. We're going strong. Thank you, listeners. And <laughs> thank you, Kamea. <laughs> Thank you for being here. BRBBF, support our show by taking some dope-ass podcast merch. Find our luscious bucket scrunchies, organic totes, ribbed beanies, and more at timechat.com. If you enjoyed this conversation, please follow, share, and rate this podcast. It makes a difference and helps us reach more folks that want to digest their relationship to food. Cheers to you. Until next time.